0: Maybe not a must-win last night. No question. It was a much-needed win for the Kings, 102-98. Kyle Draper had the call last night, of course, in Denver. Will last night drapes be remembered as the night that Chris Duarte returned? <laughs> I think so. It could be, huh? Yes,
1: I, I think so. And I said it earlier. They didn't bring Chris Duarte here to be your 12th man or 13th man. They didn't bring Sasha here to be a bench rider. They thought they saw something in this guy. And I thought, you know, the ankle injury set him back, but he's shown flashes of what he can do. All he needs to do now is knock down some shots. The effort is there defensively. You know, I go back to the San Antonio game earlier this season. He single-handedly changed the tenor of that game, the tone of that game. And so, I think, you know, Monty didn't make any moves at the trade deadline.
0: I think it's because he felt they had the players in-house that could help this team. Sometimes a baseball team will say at the deadline, we didn't get anybody, but we have so-and-so who's been hurt. They're going to be back, so it's kind of like we added a player. Right. So, it's kind of the same thing. Duarte, it's like he hasn't done much, but he could be like a – like a midseason addition. addition yeah. if he can find his way on the floor and stay healthy.
1: Exactly. You know, and we like last night, I know it was a small sample size with Chris. He only played uh, – he played seven minutes, you know. Think about this. He played seven minutes. I believe it was all in the fourth. Kevin Herter played zero in the fourth again. And so that goes back to what I was saying earlier. I think Mike Brown, down the stretch in games, fourth quarter of games, he's going with a more defensive-minded unit. And I thought Chris Duarte, you know, he had a couple of deflections. Mm -hmm. He knocked down a big three. Uh, He got his hand cut, and then he shot that other three that went off the side of the board. That's what happened with that. But he's always competing. It's never like he's not trying or he's just loafing or anything like that. Like, he's always competing hard. And so I do think we'll see him more and more. Because what are our options? What are our alternatives? You got Davion. You got Keon. Do we see Kessler Edwards more? What about Kobe Jones? Does he see? So I think Chris Duarte, the opportunity is there for him to get more minutes.
0: Yeah. Remember when Duarte was struggling, and this goes back to the preseason, excuse me, when, when Herter was struggling, I meant to say, Her, uh, Duarte started. Started. He was starting. Right. Yeah.
1: So Mike Brown clearly saw something in this guy. And it's not, and we also got to remember too, Whitey, it's not always about what you do in games. Because we are not privy to what coaches see in practice also. Mm-hmm. And so maybe Mike Brown is rewarding a guy who's kick butt in practice. All right, I'm going to give him a shot tonight. And so, you know, what we see in games isn't the full picture always. And, oh, why does Mike Brown play this
0: guy tonight?
1: Well, maybe Chris Duarte had three great days of practice know, or something yeah. like
0: that. I would think if you're a coach, that would drive you crazy.
1: Right? Yeah. You didn't even see <laughs> don't our last three see.
0: practices. 339-1140, <laughs> Is back with us. Hello, Jr. How are you today? What's up, drop guys? How you doing? First time we've talked to you since you know what went down. Exactly, I was about to say. I I didn't think expect to hear
1: you from you until September. (laughs) Good, good to have you on. Well, let's talk about the
2: Kings. (laughs) Got
1: him.
3: I love it. All right, Jr. You got that. Go ahead, man. Hey. Well, I I was going to say my Frankie C. story. So last year, uh, Game Four, when the Kings went down to Chase Center. Uh, I had the privilege to go to the game with some customers, and we walked in, and he was at the elevator going up, and I just yelled out, hey, Frankie, see? I, like, really screamed at him, and he's like, hey, random fan that I have no idea. And he, and he gave me a, he gives me a fist bump, and then we go in the elevator up, and my customer's like, who is that? I go, I, he pretty much runs the Kings. because he literally looks scared of you. Like, who is that dude? <laughs> love when you guys have him. That's awesome. I will switch gears real quick. Yeah, it was pretty cool. He's a great guy. Yes. I will switch gears. And no, I don't want to talk about Sunday. But I want to talk about, as a lifelong Giants fan, Mm. 100% would support the A's if they played at Raley's. 100% would be like, let's get everyone there and show the world we can support. Because we all know we could. Mm-hmm. if the question is you know would they really look at that from a corporate just like the kings but, you know do you have enough money to really put that in place right. um but i but i mean i love it's the river cats and it's the giants and you get to see giants players come down and and go through the rotation and see some big names but 100 percent would be on board if the a's were playing there and if nothing else just show that owner that you know it's the fans that run the world not not the freaking owner so would would put on green and Wow. Whatever okay. it, whatever it was it green and yellow, whatever? Yes, it, it is. I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't dress up like an elephant or anything, but I would definitely support that team. And say right. hi to JR. Thank I love you. that man. Yeah. Bye-bye.
0: Appreciate that. Yes, um, doesn't look like now that's as uh, likely as it was if the a's, yeah. you know, they're talking to Oakland. So yeah. maybe we won't even get that chance. Will has been on hold for a while. Will. My guy. Thanks for hanging on. You're on with uh, Drapes and Whitey. What's up?
2: Yeah, y'all know y'all wanted me to hang up. I know Drake, <laughs> you say dude. You wanted
0: me to hang up, man,
2: but, but I'm gonna get you. What's up, guy? Hey, man, that was a good win. That was a good win. Yep. But see, see, but see. Hey, who, first thing, who was that young guy? That young guy. You, do they have a new point guard or something? I saw a young guy with like blonde hair on the top.
1: Yeah, with the play—that's Mason Jones. That—that's that, the guy that they just converted to a two-way contract from uh, Stockton. And uh, Mason Jones, great dude. Let me—I'm gonna tell you hey. real. Let me, let me tell you a story about Mason real quick. I met him yesterday uh-huh. during warm-ups. He's uh, you know in the layup line. He's wearing the Kobe uh-huh. reverse Grinch sneakers, and I'm like, dude, those are nice. Uh-oh. I said, I need yeah, to get up. a pair of those. He's he like, is. what size you wear? I'm like, thirteen. He said, oh, you can have these. Uh, talk wow. to me after the game. Oh, I had no, never no, met so the dude, dude man. Day. Yeah, so you he's going to lace your boy. You a... <laughs> in the house. You in the house. So you <laughs> I tell you, I've been that trying to fair, get sneakers man. from Malik. That I've been trying to get them from Harrison Barnes, <laughs> De'Aaron. They haven't hooked me up yet. But this new kid, he that doesn't it. know any better yet. That's why. So. That,
2: that ain't fair, man. So you get.
1: But but, 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 but KD. You gotta understand, man,
2: you can't expect the fans to think like you. You 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 know you're part of the organization, man. Look, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. That was a hell of a win. They pulled that out. But what frustrates fans, man, is that they play. They play. They ball when they play Dallas. When they play Phoenix. When they play Denver. They ball. They compete. Even if they lose, it's a good game. It, it, they should have at least thirty-five wins, man. They gave that Milwaukee game away. You know, you was Holland Dane, hit the three. You know, all that. <laughs> they gave that game away. How many? Look, they let. You know, they let Detroit come in here with half a team, half a team, and beat us. Okay. Ivy was the only starter on that team. Yep. And then you had the Hornets coming here and beat us. And partly, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's why the fans be frustrated. The, we love the Kings. We love the Kings. But you can't let weaker teams
1: come in here and beat us. We should be at least 35 wins. At least. No, you, you're, you're – I, I 100% agree. You know, and that yeah, that's so – that, those wins – No, but hold on, hold on, hold up now. Hold up because I'm agreeing with you here. And I understand that. You know, at the end of the season, we're going to look back at those losses and be like, man, we got 47 wins. That could have been 52, 53. I get that. But on this day, right now, after that great win last night, even during the game and after the loss to Phoenix, like I, I just feel like we're riding the roller coaster a little too much and there's not enough positivity and there's so much negativity right now about this team. But
2: Dre. The fans, you can't expect the fans. We we understand where you coming from. But you got to understand, fans ain't deep into it like you. They just see, okay, damn, Detroit came in here with nobody? And then, you know, you remember uh, about 10 games ago, New Orleans came in here without Zion and everybody. Man, we were down by 50. Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of things, you got to think about the whole season why people be frustrated, man, because, I mean, they, they closed it out last night. And then they they play they, they beat the Lakers they beat the Warriors they beat all these teams Denver they beat uh, Dallas they beat um, Phoenix and, and and then we lose to teams we have no business losing to that's what frustrates and you know when we lost to Detroit. We, I thought I was going to have to call 911 for you, man, because you look like
1: you were going down with me. I appreciate it, man. Hey, you can call Thanks, in Will. any time, anytime. Yeah, well, man. You, Will. Good stuff. That's right. a good
0: point. Yeah, the inconsistency makes people anxious and leaves people feeling. Uh, but how quickly unhappy. we forget.
1: How quickly we forget where this franchise was just two years ago, Whitey. I
0: know. Two but as years a fan, ago. And you feel entitled. You feel like this is what we deserve. You know, you don't feel like, oh, we're so, we're so lucky that the team isn't winning thirty games. You I know? mean, I I just feel like we all of it. We you know, we we go from
1: sixteen years of mediocrity to all of a sudden now you can't have a
0: bad loss. It's like mediocrity you know, would have been that was like a goal <laughs> for many of those years. Mediocrity. That's true. You're would right. Have been <laughs> sweet. You're right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: below that, and it's like, you know, those bad losses five years ago. The season was littered with them. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, there's stages to this. There's levels to this. They don't go from, you know, making the playoffs – well, out of the playoffs to making the playoffs to championships in one year. There's going to be some growing pains with this team, and that's what we're seeing this season.
0: Uh, What was the most encouraging thing you've seen from the Kings so far – this year. It's not really the halfway point, but the all-star break, a good point for reflection. What was the least encouraging? We have that coming up. Jerry Reynolds, bottom of the hours. We roll on here on Sacktown Sports. Thanks for being with us today. Some lively conversation and everything from Are we not as appreciative of this Kings team as we should be? To hey, if the ace comes Sacramento, you get behind them. I think the consensus is absolutely here I am saying I wouldn't be comfortable with it. I don't know. Because, you know, feel bad for Oakland fans. And I used to go to Oakland A's games when I was just a kid. But it seems like most people around here are like, let's do it. Bring it. I will go. Just I don't know how likely that is. Well, here's
1: the thing, too, Whitey. I was thinking about this. You know, sometimes you have to think about the bigger picture. The good for the city. The quality of life that this could possibly uh, do for the Sacramento area. This could really put Sacramento on the map. Yeah, it's a
0: ways down the road. Though, it's a ways yeah, down the yeah, road, but you're
1: right. you know, you gotta, you know, you can't just cut off your nose to spite your face or anything like that. You can't just hold this grudge. Who's to say in ten years what happens today doesn't bring a team here right. to Sacramento? And so I get it. I would never support them. I don't wanna go. But if it meant you could have a Major League Baseball team in Sacramento? I would I would have to swallow swallow that and be like, you know what? Let's show the world Sacramento deserves a team.
0: Yep. Here's the other part of that, reading between the lines. I think Chris Biederman was, I was talking to him about this at a Kings game. Let's say the A's are gone. Sacramento's trying to make a play for a team. Major League Baseball ain't going to put a team in Oakland and Sacramento. For sure. If the A's are gone, right, then right. in a way the two cities – might in some ways be vying against each other for right. a team. Now, that'd be down the road a little down ways, the but that's part of this as well. Yeah. It sounds like, though, I would expect the A's are going to stay. I think the A's are paying $1.3 per year for rent on the stadium. Mm-hmm. And it's probably worth it for them, isn't it, just to stay there rather than find Uprooting some past yeah. minor league park and right. Henderson, Nevada, or wherever they're going to go?
1: Yeah. And why? What's the reason? for not staying from an ace perspective because if if I'm them, you just got to be patient. The greener pasture is coming in their eyes. I'm saying the move to Vegas in their eyes is happening. Suck it up right now. Have your three years, you know, in this year. And then, you know, three more years, I think it is in, in Oakland and then move on like Salt Lake. It just doesn't make sense, right?
0: No, no. Yeah. It'd be a disaster. A disaster. Yeah. So I'm not sure beyond this year. I know the lease ends after this year. Was it the A's like, wanted to know part of Oakland? Or did Oakland say, which I could understand, you guys stabbed us in the back. So we are not interested in discussing your lease anymore. Uh, You know, whatever the sessions they have today, there are some delicate matters that that have to be addressed, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Why... Remind me why we're even talking to you again? <laughs> why? why should we listen to you about uh, yeah. any of this?
1: Yeah, the yeah. A's got to come back. John Fisher with his hat in his yes, hand. like yes. You know,
0: at now the very, he's asking yeah. for
1: the, the city to do him a favor right. after the way he's treated them. Yeah. yeah,
0: at the very least, if I'm the city of Oakland, I'm saying, yeah, that you know, that rent's going to go up a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. Double or shit. double, right?
1: <laughs> you need us now. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yes.
0: All right. 339-1140, 1-800-920-1140. Uh, we're talking about that. We've also been talking about the Kings. Kings. Jerry yeah. Reynolds coming up, uh, bottom of the hour. How about you, Drapes? What, what to you so far has been the most encouraging thing from the Kings so far this year? What was the least encouraging as we take our break here?
1: I, I think, you know, the most encouraging thing has been – the play of DeMontis bonus. We have a bona fide star. We have a bona fide all-star. Even though he didn't get in this year, he's an all-star caliber player. He's a top five center in this league. In my opinion, top three center in this league. That has been the most encouraging thing. And the, the fact that he does it night in and night out. And, you know, last year was no fluke. Like, to me, every time Domas takes the floor, it's a reminder Monty McNair did the right thing, made the right trade, bringing that guy to town. This is some guy we can be proud of. This is a guy that, you know, we know he's going to play hard every night, bring his hard hat. I mean, he wants to be here as well, has a nice young family here. And so I I think, you know, the the most impressive thing, the most thing that's made me the happiest this year, the play of DeMontis Sabonis.
0: To me, the most encouraging thing is that for all the issues that they've had, Mm -hmm. they have had a few more injuries. They've had some, as Will detailed for us, very – Skillfully, <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> some bad Loss. losses. Yes. Uh, we know that Mike Brown has been upset about the officiating. There's been stretches where Herder wasn't playing well. Barnes wasn't playing well. So there's been a lot more adversity than there was last year. And yet, they're still in really strong position. Yes. That's really impressive.
1: You're right. Through all the adversity. They're, they're not the, where the we like losses. them to be, but they're right. still in good position. A- exactly. The struggles of individual players at times as well. Here they are on pace, the same pace as they were a season ago. And so, no, you're 100% right. It's been encouraging to see that this team has, you know, sort of fought through all this adversity, right, and played through it. Because there have been times this season where the outside noise could seep in. You know, the feeling of underachieving could seep in. So the fact that Mike Brown and the players, they've stayed together. You haven't heard much chirping. Nobody wants to get out, trade me. I'm looking at, like, the Clippers are having a fantastic season, and you got P.J. Tucker and Bones Highland wanting to bounce. Like, we don't have that. We got guys that want to be here that play well together. So I agree with you
0: on that. Yeah. Wasn't it last night at one point Domas hurt his thumb? Yes. Oh, did you see? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Katie was like, that was the same thumb? Yes. And uh, you could last tell. season. It was for right. a little bit there. It was it really was hurting. hurting.
1: Yeah, he's he's hurt every game, though, man. That dude's always, you know, he got hit in the face, too. Remember? He got popped in the face. Uh, I forget which player it was. Peyton Watson, I think, fighting over his screen. Oh, yeah. 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 And when he, like, Katie sorta, suggested, well, that
0: was a little unnatural. I was like, <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty good shot if you're going backwards, right.
1: blind with your elbow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so She's looking out for a guy. See, uh, that, that's one thing. Katie's always looking out for the squad. That's for sure. So, yeah, th- th- those are encouraging signs. My, you know, what was the other question? Least encouraging? Yeah. Most disappointing? Admit, yeah, yeah. If I'm being honest, and y'all might get on me for this, I'm going to say Keegan Murray for me. Keegan can be so great. He could be so good. He's struggling right now. We've seen flashes of him. I need the consistency from him. You know, I mentioned earlier, 15 points a game over his last, uh, what, nine games or seven games or something. He's averaging, you know, nine points per game. The the world is right there for this guy to take. And I don't, you know, I want it for him so badly. He had the great summer league, uh, California classic. He's being a two-way player, and so – I need more from him. And so I don't know if that's the most disappointing thing or anything, but that's the thing that I probably want to see the most this second
0: half of the season. We'll say least encouraging. Right, That's right. right. Yeah, it's not disappointing. It's just,
1: ah, come on, Keegan. You know, you can be that guy. To me,
0: he's part of it, but it's the fact that the Kings made some moves that were designed to help them improve this year, maybe not dramatically, and we've talked a lot about this. Keegan was going to get better. Sasha was going to come in and play well. Duarte was going to help, and I think they were pretty solid moves. Javale McGee was another one, yep. and none of them have worked to this point. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not saying those were terrible moves. It's just it's a disappointing that none of – sometimes a team will get lucky. You try a few things, and they all work. Right. And there's still time for Sasha to get healthier. Duarte, maybe, that was the start of something last night. Maybe Keegan finds a stroke again. Yep. But that, to me, has been the least encouraging, is that all the little – the secondary moves around the margins designed to help the Kings get better, they really haven't worked out.
1: To uh, they haven't, and Mike Brown has had to rely on his tried-and-true guys from last season. And you're right about – I mean, there's still time – And I think Monty McNair expected, you know, Sasha to be a bigger part, Chris Duarte to be a bigger part, and they just haven't had it. They just haven't had that consistency yet. But the thing is, we've seen flashes from every individual. We've seen JaVale have a positive impact in games, Chris Duarte, Sasha have positive impacts in games, but not enough to be firmly cemented in the rotation. And I think uh, I, I agree with you, you know, you didn't make a whole lot of moves, but the ones you did make haven't panned out the way you hoped for.
0: You know, in this day and age, when we have during the tournament, in season tournament, we have the craziest color schemes on the courts. Yeah. And all star weekend, we're going to have a, like an electric LED floor. or something. Yeah. And then last night in Denver, and of course, you know, if you watch games in Denver, you know this. That's a real old school floor. What do you, mm. you know, the paint, painted area is not even painted. Oh, really? Yeah, I know, yeah, it's it's yeah, actual yeah. like yeah, it's the wood is they that. got the lines, but <laughs> I was like I kind of like that. What do yeah, you think of that? Yeah, it's it's
1: not bad cuz they and then they got the 5280 yeah, like yeah, in, yeah. in the paint there. Not bad. It's old school, you know. It's It's uh, kind of
0: refreshing. See, uh now this
1: is the get off my lawn segment of our show where Whitey's like, "Ah, oh, I hate it. Uh, how come the Kings aren't wearing purple, you know? Why are they wearing blue? Why was their floor blue?" Uh It is old school. It's basic, old school, classic. Yeah, that's okay. I I do like change of pace. Yeah. So that's the change of pace, yeah, not the not it, to yes. today's day and age. Yeah, it is. That's the change of pace. <laughs> I mean, wait
0: till this weekend when they got the floor lighting up for some events. I can't wait to see that. Uh,
1: I, I'm gonna be looking at my son's iPad and Cabo
0: watching that this <laughs> weekend. Cabo watching. <laughs> the Mac Skills McClung, competition, baby. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Jerry Reynolds, all-time Kings icon, joins us next year with the Drive Guys, Zach Town Sports. Time for us to catch up with uh, the all-time Kings icon. I know you talked about him last night, Drapes, on the telecast. I'm going to see if I can name all the things he's done for the Kings. I usually come up woefully short here. Uh, Former Kings assistant coach, former Kings head coach, Mm. former Kings general manager, former Kings player personnel director, former Kings TV analyst, former Monarchs uh, general manager who put together a championship team. Jerry Reynolds with us. Jerry, how did I do?
4: I think you got it all. I think you did a very solid job. I'm not sure Kyle could have done that. So, you know, I'm glad glad you took over in that particular role. Uh, Hey, 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 Jerry, hold up now. (laughs) You and
1: I are both Chiefs fans, man. We got to stick together, you know. We were Chiefs fans this last weekend. I mean, we, we, we should be on the same side here.
4: Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, we we were the both Chiefs fans. Uh, <laughs> I got you. Actually, I can't criticize you too much because I'm pretty much a bigger, bigger front runner than even you are. So that's okay. Oh
0: man, he's was, killing me. Was there ever a time during that game, Jerry, where you thought, "Oh, I don't, I don't think Patrick's going to get it done today"?
4: Yeah, I had some doubts. I mean, I, I honestly, I. I I thought kind of going in that the Niners were the more talented team and uh, certainly they were capable of winning and I really do enjoy the Niners but uh but I, I did realize or did and both defenses I thought, thought were you know were very good but and there's always a but is that only one team had Patrick Mahomes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Did you happen to hear last night when Mr. Draper mentioned you on television?
4: No, I didn't. See? He,
0: had, he mentioned that you were on our show, and you had said that Keegan was better, improved more in his second year than Peja did. He mentioned that oh, on the telecast. Oh, wow.
4: I, I watched, you know, I don't know what, you know, might have been one of my ten trips to the bathroom. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, yeah, well, I still believe that. And, and you know, I mean, it's like, uh, and and I and I agree with, with Kyle. I was listening to you guys, and certainly lately, uh, you know, t- Keegan is a little disappointing in his play. He really kind of has gotten into a slump. But the truth is, is that the guy's uh, his stats are his stats, and he's playing on a team that's actually winning at a better rate than the one Page played on his first two years. And, and he's a better defender. And so, at some point, I'm, I'm certainly not saying he's going to be better than Page in five years. But but at some point, you got to give him credit for where he is and what he's done. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the great
4: Jerry Reynolds joining us. Jerry, let's talk
1: about uh, where the Kings stand at right now uh, going into the All-Star break. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of negativity from the outside surrounding this team. Fans are, you know, oh, they should be better. You know, they're on the same rate pace that they were last season. What do you make of this season? How would you grade this season so far for the
4: Kings? Well, you know, I, I think I think it's uh... – Pretty much what I thought it would be. I mean, you always want more, but I, I I looked at the schedule, and you know, and and really, when you look ahead, seventeen home games, eleven on the road. I think they're they're in position to to move up. You know, now they've got to do it, and uh, so so they went through a tough. Pretty tough road here. The first fifty some games, I think, tough more so than most teams because most of the teams ahead of them have played more uh, home games than they have road games. The Kings just the opposite. So, uh, so I always take that into account. I, I, you know, I'm like every other fan. I, the the losses to Detroit and, and Charlotte, you can't you can't rationalize them. Uh, I mean, I would be able to rationalize them if we're at even those teams on the road. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, good teams get beat on the road all the time. Uh, The best teams, I mean, Celtics have had a couple losses over 30 points, you know, so it happens. But, uh, yeah, those two are, you know, kind of sticking my craw a little bit. Uh, But, yeah, I I just think with the the West being what it is, and you guys know, I mean, the West is loaded. and, And this year it's healthy. And and that was the advantage the Kings had last year is they they truthfully uh you know, a lot of the best teams had you know, a lot of key guys out. Mm-hmm. And so no, I'm I'm I think they're on track. I I, I really didn't measure for a ring this year anyway. <laughs> uh, you know, no, I don't know how well, many fans did, but I, I mean, I think it's a work in progress and they're progressing.
0: You measured for a football ring, though, didn't you? A Super Bowl ring.
4: Well, I didn't even have to, you
0: know. <laughs> uh, Jerry Reynolds with us. The The Kings are, not not to get bogged down in numbers, they're third in three point attempts, but they're 12th in percentage. We know they like to shoot a lot of threes. How much of how well they play in the second half of the season, Jerry, depends on them just shooting the three ball better.
4: Well, uh, that's a big part of the game. There's no question. I mean, just invariably, when they do make threes and they take care of the ball and make the free throws, they they they're in a position to win. Uh, sadly, that's the same, you say, about 90% of the teams in the league. Uh, but I, I do, I mean, this team, the only thing I'd question is, I think at times uh, they spend too much time on the perimeter, they ought to play a little more inside out, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And, you know, the three-point shots... That guys get when the when the ball's kicked out to them and their feet are set, are, all right. are are just easier shots. That's all there is to it.
1: No, you're right about that, Jerry. Instead of on the move or trying to do it off a dribble or something like that, you know, one guy who's been consistent really since the day he got here is Demontis Sabonis. Uh, how impressive has he been this season? And what are you seeing from him?
4: Well, I, I, he's just a physical marvel, isn't he? Really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've never seen. Uh, a, a center, a big, a big uh, play so hard every play. Uh, I mean, his stamina is just remarkable. And I've said this in the past. I, I've seen, I, Now I didn't see, I wasn't around to see the Rochester Royals play a lot, but, <laughs> but I did see, I was a fan of the Cincinnati Royals and of course the Kansas City Kings and the Sacramento Kings. And Domas is the best center this franchise has ever had by quite a margin. Mm -hmm. And to me, that says something. And I think, you know, sometimes we we do take him for granted. But golly, the guy, uh, he's just a warrior. And, and, you know, I I guess, you know, if he had triple doubles every game, maybe he'd have made the All-Star team. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Every game, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, you come on a lot for us, which we appreciate. One of the things you've mentioned from time to time is you probably would have run more plays for Harrison Barnes. The Kings actually started doing that a little bit, and what do you know? He's he's scoring more points. What have you made of his offensive resurgence over the last few weeks?
4: Well, it's been a real key, I think. And, and I think, uh, you know, Harrison has a tendency and we've talked about it and I know Kyle knows, I mean, he has a tendency to kind of allow himself to fit into a fault and, uh, you know, he's a guy who can take it to the basket and overpower some guys post up a little. And I think coach Brown is doing a you know, good job getting him more involved. Uh, so it is, I, I honestly think they're going to have to probably think along those lines for Keegan as well. Uh, He's liable to go over there in the corner and just doze right. off, you know. And and uh, you, sometimes you got to force guys to mm. be involved, uh, you know, make sure they've got their number called a little bit because you know Fox and Monk are going to, they're going, they're going to be fine. Yeah. You know, you can't keep them from getting uh, scoring opportunities. And Domas, in his own way, he just, he just finds ways to get his eighteen, twenty points every night second efforts yeah. and hustle plays.
1: Yeah, Jerry, I was going to ask you about Keegan. I want to stay right there because, you know, how much of it is on the coaches and the other players to get Keegan going, and how much of it is on Keegan to be aggressive and, and go out there and eat and, and, and get his own food out there on the court?
4: I, I think, well, it's a little of both. I, I think it's more on Keegan to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Uh, I think uh, if you if you want to be and uh said, outstanding offensive players always have to be hungry. You know, I mean, I don't think anybody had to encourage Kobe to go get a shot, <laughs> and 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 I mean, and not that Keegan's going to be Kobe, but I, I think you have to go be aggressive and look, you know, look for your attempts when you get them, and and maybe create a few. And I think that's where. Where Keegan is probably holding back a little bit here love, late because we've seen him earlier in the year really go create some shots off the dribble and and good shots. Uh, you know he's long and the little step away jumpers and get, get to the basket. So he just needs to he needs to do that. And of course I think the coaches and his teammates need to tell him <laughs> a little bit sometimes. It's like hey. You know, you're if you're out here working up a sweat. Go get a shot now and then.
0: Jerry, I got to ask you. I got to go back to something you said about uh, Domas being the best center in the history of the franchise. Now, were you including Greg Kite, um, <laughs> Ostertag, and uh, I think Randy Allen actually played a little center for you? you including those guys.
4: You know, it, it, it took a long time to, to eliminate those guys, uh, you know, from the conversation. Uh, I think probably 15, 20 seconds is, you know, when I really went went through the list.
0: Could you tell us the uh, Randy Allen playing center story against the Pacers? Would you mind telling oh, yeah. us that
4: story? Well, and, uh, you know, I mean, you know this, but Kyle, uh, I remember Rick Schmitz, mm-hmm. you know, the 7-4 yep. center for the Pacers, and, and you know, we – we did in our center at that time was uh, Randy Allen, and we picked him up in CBA, 6'8", 210 pounds. <laughs> and and I looked down the floor, and I asked my assistant, I said, my God, nobody's guarding Schmitz. And, and you know, because then all of a sudden, you know, as I dribbled down the floor, I saw... Uh, two little arms sticking out around the uh, uh, Schmitz's waist. It looked like one of looked like one of those Buddha things, you know. <laughs> and, and, I, and I turned to turned my sister. I said, you know. I think we're in trouble tonight. I, I don't know
1: if it's gonna go well. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Rick Smith's the Dunking Dutchman. Uh, dunking the, Dutchman he, and the Dunking Dutchman did some dunking that night too. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Great stuff, Jerry. Jerry, uh we got twenty eight games left to go this season. You know, when you were coaching, how did you approach uh Post All Star basketball was it? Did 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 the stretch run begin after the All Star break? Should have have begun before the All Star break for the Kings? What do you think?
4: Well, I, I do think it's different. That's a good question. I mean, used to be uh, post All Star game was probably about forty some games. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was actually middle of the season, and now it's twenty eight games, so it's kind of more of a stretch run. And uh, I mean, I think for Coach Brown, he, you know, he's which he's you know, I've heard him say, you know the you really got to come out of the gate here and get on get on track quick. Uh, fortunately for the Kings, I think, they, like I said, they have 17 home games, 11 on the road. And so just go win your home games and get some on the road and you, you'll have a great finish. Simple as that. I mean, it's easy to say, of course, but, but that's what should happen anyway.
0: Coach, we appreciate your time uh, very much. Congratulations again on the Chiefs thing. Uh, yeah. Enjoy the All-Star weekend in your home state, and we'll talk to you soon.
4: Well, thank you so much, guys. Enjoyed it. And, yeah, I really I do feel bad for Diner fans, uh, uh, truthfully, because they got a great team, and certainly they've got a several-year window here. But, you know, Patrick's Patrick. That's all i got to say. <laughs>
0: thank you, Jerry.
4: Okay, <laughs> see you guys. All, all right, right, Jerry.
0: Kings icon, the one and only uh, Jerry Reynolds, when we come right back. You know, if the Kings can hang on for a couple of weeks, I'll tell you where they can make their move Ooh, next year on okay. Sackdown Sports. Thanks to the great Jerry Reynolds for joining us all. Guests come to you from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. If by chance you didn't uh, hear Jerry today, you might want to check that out. Sackdownsports.com. Speaking of guests, Kyle, he's not really a guest, but maybe he should be. Uh, You know, we had Will called, and he was talking to you about where Kings fans are. Will is very popular. Steven on the the text lines, he calls him Willie. (laughs) What's Willie having for dinner? From the two hundred nine, Will is a Kings fan. Voice, let the man speak after every game. There's somebody on the YouTube chat it's like, "Oh, that was a great caller." So, Will, I hope you're still listening. Will's he's our guy. Very man. popular. Uh,
1: you know, some of his takes are off base. Sometimes <laughs> they don't know what he's talking about, but you That's know not what? What he, the people say. He's wildly entertaining. So, I, I'm always down to have Will on the show. Man, great caller. Yeah, great caller.
0: We we appreciate uh, everybody participating and. In- and, and listening, as you well know, because this is your life, yes. you look at the schedule coming up here, and we hear a lot about how the Kings have the, what, the fifth toughest remaining schedule?
1: Uh, It, it is now s- uh eighth after last night's game. Okay, thank it. you.
0: Thank you. If they can hang on here, well, from March the 7th through April the 2nd, the Kings will play 11 of 14 games at home.
1: Mm,
0: okay. Yeah.
1: March 7th
0: including two with Dallas. It's a back-to-back. They're not on back-to-back nights, but two games in a row against Dallas, March 26th and March 29th. So, you know, the Kings have had, to Jerry's point, a lot of road games, and then it evens out here in the month of March. They'll be home for an extended period.
1: Yeah, and I I looked at the uh, Western Conference, and the Sacramento Kings have played 24 home games. That's tied for fewest with the Minnesota Timberwolves, who also have played uh, 24 home games. And also, uh, there was one other team, the, uh, no, that, that's about it, I think. So, they've played the fewest home games out of any team in the Western Conference, uh, I believe, uh, if my math is correct. And so, um, I think there's a chance to make up some ground. Now, the schedule is tough. We understand that. I mean, the actual teams that you play are are, are going to be difficult, you know, but you take care of home court. I think you got, what, 17 home games, 11 road games left. Uh, I'm looking at this stretch here beginning March 4th where you got Chicago. You're at L.A. to Lakers. All right. San Antonio and Houston, that four-game stretch. I like a 4-0 stretch right there. Mm-hmm. You know. Then you got Memphis, Toronto, Washington, Orlando, Philadelphia. I'm looking at March 18th to March 25th. Sixers without Joel Embiid, probably. That's a chance to bank some wins, get some wins as well. And so, yes, the schedule is difficult. But you also got to remember the schedule is difficult, but... Philly doesn't have Embiid, so it's a little easier. You know, there's some injuries. Right, it's like, like, and I will say, when I look at the remaining strength of schedule, the Phoenix Suns have the toughest schedule ahead. Mm. So that's a team you're vying for in the top six spot. The Clippers have the seventh most difficult schedule. That's a team ahead of you. You know, even the Pelicans, I think, are are just separated by one game in terms of the differential, you know, the difficulty of the schedule. And so, uh, yes, you have a difficult schedule, but I don't know if it calculates. I don't think it calculates. That you have all those home games too. It's just the strength of the opponents, right? And
0: so yeah. uh, the Kings can it's, make up some ground here. It's it's not that uh, yeah, you, significant. You don't of like a number. that. No? You don't well, like it's it's interesting, but I think it's easy to go, oh man, fifth toughest. Well, they're done. They're done. Right? Like, well, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The discouraging thing about that, if there is one, is that the Kings. Let's face it, they haven't played as well at home yeah. as we know yeah. they can. Haven't played as well at home as they declared they would this year.
1: Yeah, and, that, and they started out really strong at home, too. And, and, you know, the first month of the season, they were really good. But since then, some of the losses, you know, Pelicans was a bad loss, Detroit, Charlotte, those kind of things, you know, 15 and nine, six games uh, above 500 at home. You know, the fact that you're two games above 500 on the road. I'm okay with that. Yep. Uh, that's that's encouraging. Oh, that's you great. Know? That's, that's that's really good. Now you need to up that home in. I'm hoping March will be a, a better home month for you.
0: Yeah, you just look at the top teams in the West. Minnesota at home nineteen and five. Mm. OKC, twenty one and six. Rivers right, right. twenty and six, Nuggets yep. twenty one and five. Of course you helped uh you tacked one of those on last night, but Kings <laughs> definitely could stand to play stronger at home the rest of the way. And then then they are in position to 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 make I don't know if a move is overstating it, but to move up the standing certainly.
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I do think the top four are are, are pretty set. I, I think, you know, Minnesota, OKC, Clippers and Nuggets, I don't think those teams are going to fall off a cliff. So basically you're looking at Phoenix, New Orleans, Dallas, and Sacramento. I'm not going to include the Lakers for the final two actual playoff spots. Five and six. Phoenix, I just mentioned, has the toughest schedule the rest of the way out of anybody in the entire association. And so it's going to be tough for them. Sure, they can overcome that. They can win. They're a great team, great players. But, you know, New Orleans right there with Sacramento. Dallas is a team, you know, that scares me right now. They're playing extremely well. Six like straight. That. I know you don't like it. I don't it, like them. But the moves they made I seems to have injected some energy in them. Our boy Daniel Gafford is playing phenomenal right now. Kyrie's back playing well. Lucas, you know. And so they got a nice little team. Yeah. You know, So those I, two tough. games
0: against Dallas here. Yeah, as you, you got to back them like two in a row. And 29th yeah. of March. Those could be huge.
1: Massive, massive games. And, and, you know, obviously when you look at the Kings schedule, every game is tough. It's the Western Conference. But there are some late games. You mentioned the Dallas games. You know, when you look at it also, uh, you you wrap up, uh, you got a game against Phoenix on April 12th. You got April 11th, the New Orleans Pelicans, right before that, OKC. Yeah. So you got some games that are going to be critical. You know, it's interesting. Mike Brown was asked about it. Uh, yesterday in this pregame press conference just about, you know, or it might even been postgame the other night about, you know, where the team stands right now and how, you know, they had the luxury where they knew they were going to be over the final four or five games. They knew they were locked into the three spot this year. They got to play to the final whistle, like to the very last game. I think it's going to come down to that.
0: Yeah, because after those Mavericks games, we talked about after that, there's nine games left. So you're home to Utah, right. then you're home to the Clippers, then you're out on the road at the Knicks, at the Celtics, mm. at the Nets, at the OKC Those Thunder. are all wins, Whitey. All of those? <laughs> and then, yeah, this is the guy who was so mad when the Kings lost at home to the Celtics. Oh, I was. it
1: was a bad yeah. day for Kyle, yeah. yes.
0: Yeah, then they come home, and as you mentioned, the Pelicans. Kings have had some issues with the yeah. Pelicans at this point, and then the Suns, and then you wrap up the season against the Blazers. Mm. So. Let me ask you a question that earlier, this was off the air. Jay asked us, <clears throat> you talked about the top four you think they're set. Uh, I know my answer to this, but he asked, uh, Do you guys think Minnesota can stay there at, at or near the top spot? If so, why?
1: I, I think so. I think when you look at Minnesota and, and what they've been able to accomplish, uh, they're top five in defense. I think it. they're number one in defense, like in defense travels. As you know, and what they did to what was it, Milwaukee uh, the other day, like they just manhandled them uh, the other day. Oh, it, it was the Clippers. Excuse me. They beat the Clippers and the Bucks two straight games and the games weren't even close. They blew out. That's a, a heck of a stretch right there. They won three in a row. I think they're on a mission, man. I think what happened last season with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert and our narrative regarding them, I think that has fueled them. They got a great bench, Nas Reed, our boy coming off oh, the yeah, bench, they're a guy. Deep. They're deep, a they're guy we want. Yeah, like when you look at the Western Conference, who else? You're not putting OKC ahead of them. So uh, Minnesota is uh, to me. One of the top three teams in the Western Conference. Denver's going to be there, Clippers. But after that, Minnesota. So why not them?
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And the number one reason is because they defend. I didn't right. anticipate them being the number one team. I don't know about you. I'm taken by surprise by how well they've played this year. But it's not a fluke. That's a right. really, really solid team. And they're very well coached. Coach Finch has done a really a good heck job. Heck some. some um, you know, less than ideal circumstances. Yeah,
1: a, a heck of a job. And, you know, and, and I also think when it comes to playoffs as matchups, like let's say Minnesota draws Denver in the second round, that 1-4 matchup, that might be tough. But if they draw OKC in a 2-3 matchup, you know, I would pick them over OKC. And so I, I think Denver is a legit Western Conference finalist.
0: Didn't Minnesota play Denver last year in the first round after Minnesota got out of the play? Yeah, they pushed they them- got... They had no chance. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's night a, and day right it's now. It's night and
1: day. It's a different team right now. Anthony Edwards, his confidence. Carl Anthony Towns seems to have found his rhythm. The all-star, Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. You know, Rudy Gobert is playing, you know, as, be- as great as he's ever played. And so, no, they're a scary team.
0: hmm When we come back, uh, did the Kings make franchise history last night? Next year, Drive Guys Sackdown Down Sports.